0: club, and you ain't in it, full of psychopaths who believe in you, It's an evil club, and you ain't in it, full of psychopaths who believe in you, Jenny. It's an evil club,
1: and you ain't in it. Hey, how is that? Hello.
0: You still sound just slightly funny, but so much better that I think we should roll with it.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: <laughs> how are you, buddy?
1: I'm doing pretty good,
0: you? Pretty good. You're not doing this while you're pooping, right? That's what it sounds like. It sounds like you're pooping on the toilet. And if you are, I just called you out. But
1: I'm not, so I'm not embarrassed.
0: Okay. <clears throat> well, everyone is going to assume that you're lying and that you're shitting this entire time. But that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> How was your day, man? What'd you do?
1: I made a shitload of pesto.
0: Huh? Are you growing basil or something? What are you doing?
1: Uh, oregano. There's a giant patch. I cut about two grocery bags full of oregano, and just been processing that all day.
0: Interesting. Okay. Cool, man. What did you, you put in there? What do you put in? There? What do you put in, you in your pesto?
1: Oh, um, some almonds,
0: some Parmesan cheese, olive oil, little lemon and garlic in there.
1: No, oh, well, garlic, yes. No, no lemon. That hmm. would have been interesting.
0: Yeah, I normally put some lemon in my, and uh, I'm a I'm a purist, so I go pine nuts, toast some pine nuts, and then do the basil. But you can do all kinds of funny stuff with it, dude. You can put goat cheese in there. You can put all kinds of nutty, delicious things. Like uh, that's a that's a popular one, like goat cheese and walnuts. Yeah. Be yummy. Yeah, that would be good too. I mean, that's not idea what you could do. Oh yeah, man. Well, uh, I think I've been pretty good. It's been a busy day. Yeah. I went in, yeah, I went to my church up in Vancouver, and then I had uh, to take my. I don't know if I – I think I told you that. How many damn kids live in my house most of the time? Like, I have a house full of teenagers 80% of the time. But So one of the kids that basically lives with us half-time, I had to drive him down. He lives in Kaiser. So I drove from Vancouver – oh, I went from here to Vancouver down to Kaiser and then back. So I've been driving most of the day, but it still has been pretty good.
1: Okay,
0: good. Vancouver, Vancouver to Kaiser is a bit of a it's a bit of a drive.
1: How far <laughs> is that?
0: Well, huh? From where I'm at, it's an hour to Kaiser. Uh, well, about forty five to fifty, depending on traffic. And then from where I'm at to Vancouver it's like forty five minutes. So like an hour, forty five almost two hours. Okay. Yeah. But that's gonna be like a regular I think that's gonna be a regular thing. So Okay.
1: Well hopefully um get
0: used to it. Yeah, it's just you know, gas isn't getting cheaper, man. Nothing is getting cheaper.
1: No. No
0: nothing. Shit. Well, Tony, uh, I guess is where we say, uh, welcome everybody. This is the Reality Ours podcast, and we're your hosts. I'm Nathan, and I'm Tony. Buddy here's, yeah, here's Tony. And uh, we are just going to be here to bullshit and red pill you for the next hour and a half or so.
1: Yeah. What, so th- what do you want to talk about? Anything interesting? Pop up?
0: Uh, dude, all kinds of little dumb things uh, I are you what are you doing tomorrow Tony
1: um, not much why
0: because uh, the true guy Scott right yeah they're, you remember how they were saying they were trying to do an organ uh, like squatch fest
1: oh yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah they're they're working in they're working on their top secret location somewhere near Malala working on a campsite and they need volunteers to go and help. And I think they did that all day today, and they're doing it, planning on doing it tomorrow as well. And I obviously was too busy to do today, but I told Scott I'd go over there and help tomorrow. So I think I'm gonna go do that. It'll be kind of fun, get my hands dirty. Oh,
1: cool! I don't know whether or not I can go down tomorrow, but I I saw their um telegram about their little festival they're planning. Dude, it sounds it like sounds fun. Really cool. Yeah.
0: I don't know if they're planning on building one of those weird wooden octagon things that we built or
1: (laughs) (laughs) that That was fun.
0: I left before it was like, really like, how did it turn out, dude? Did they actually get a
1: DJ in that thing and stuff? Oh, you haven't seen the pictures? No. Oh, I'll send you some pictures. It was cool. It came out pretty cool. Um... (laughs) Yeah, we... I mean, just watching the top of this go... So this thing was a geodesic dome.
0: It was an low? attempt. It was an attempt at a geodesic dome. I think that our engineering was slightly off, but okay. it was fucking <laughs> okay, fair cool. Enough,
1: fair <laughs> enough. It was made with, like, power corded
0: sticks. Dude, it was pretty dope. I just think everyone was a little drunk, a little high, and a little hungover, and a little bit too much of a hippie. But we gave it our best, and it... I, w- I was surprised, and it and uh, it turned out pretty cool. Well, no one built <laughs> this before.
1: Yeah. We, yeah. We, I, there's definitely things that I would do differently now. And also, like, some people, like, here's the first time using a power tool, which is really cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm underselling it. Dude, for just a bunch of hippies in the woods that, like, had a couple power tools and a couple ladders and some paracord, it turned out pretty fucking dope. I'm really happy
1: it didn't fall down and kill anyone. That
0: was weird. Yeah. Well, there was times when, like, we were building this thing. I was like, yeah, that that could definitely fall and kill me right now. That's that's a fucking thing. We got (laughs) these heavy-ass logs, like, I don't know, 25 feet in the air right now. And there's some hippie on a ladder and I'm underneath it. So, <laughs> you know, it was fun
1: though. It was a good time. Yeah. No one died. It was fun. It was, yeah, no complaints. I think that no. more people should, I, I want to build another one at some point. I would love like, cause there's definitely like, I think one of the biggest mistakes is we drilled holes and tied the knots one at a time. And I think you have mm. to kind of loosely tie all the knots at once and then tighten them up all at once so they um, kind of galvanize huh. together.
0: Huh. Well, somebody's going to have to build the geodesic dome at the, <laughs> at the Oregon version of this, so. Yeah,
1: I think, that's, it's, I think it's fun just to give people a project. I think like one of the things I was thinking about afterwards was it's really good just to put people to work. Like, yeah. Like people love to gather, people love to do stuff, and if you can make them productive in that time, like we get to be much more social in our lives. If when we're social, we're actually productive. It doesn't mean you can't bullshit and have fun and do other stuff. But just like like I made a shitload of pesto with my girlfriend today, and we hung out, and we've got pesto for the next I don't know ten years. Or so we um, managed.
0: Well, that's awesome, man. You need to make some pesto pork.
1: Definitely.
0: <laughs> Dude, you could actually make some like you could Do you have any loins left?
1: You know what? I think I do. I think I have one.
0: So, you can slice them into like thin little cutlets. Hold on, sorry. I've got an alarm clock going off right now. Uh, I there it was we go. <laughs> What, son? Sorry. My, my boy just got home. Uh, okay. So you take those pork loin and you slice it up thinly, right, against the grain into, like, little chops. And then you can take, like, something heavy, you know, whatever, and pound it out thin. Some some people have, like, a meat mallet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you take one of those little loins – you throw it on a, on a cutting board. You put plastic wrap over the top of it. That's a secret to help you so it doesn't splatter and make a big mess. And then take that meat hammer and roll, you know, and beat it out kind of thin. Then, you know, a little egg or flour egg and some breadcrumbs. Fry those fuckers up. And then, dude, take some of that pesto and then take some nice, like, pecorino and maybe some, like, provolone and put it on top of that bitch and then throw it in the oven and get it all gooey. Like, kind of like a pesto parmesan. You know what I'm talking
1: about? I, I could, yeah, I could definitely um, get down with that.
0: I'm making myself hungry. Anyways.
1: <laughs> well, I think that food is such a great way to commune with people, too. Just getting people together and everyone just prepares something. Everyone contributes in some way. You know, chopping up vegetables or gathering We'd, firewood for a campfire because of thunder or whatever
0: you do. Well, you remember when we went and uh, we went as a group with our little agris group up north. I don't know what they call themselves. Like, in the Portland area, we're the Freethinkers. What's Miguel's clique up there? I don't know what they are. They're like a Freedom Cell sort of little group up yeah, there. I
1: don't know the technical name for them. And we probably shouldn't necessarily help them on the air, too. Just in
0: case, but... That's true. Uh, but, so we had some friends up that live up in the Washington area, and we uh, we all killed some pigs, and we brought them up there, and we had a little pig slaughtering class, and we had a great time. And, uh, dude, how good... Do you remember, we went to a, uh, one of the friends' farms, and we slaughtered the pigs, and then he just took some of that pork... And threw it on a smoker while we were all working. And, like, we worked our ass off. We were covered in sinew and guts and hair. And, and like, we were all sweaty and just having a good time. And we went and washed up. And then ate a fucking really simple meal together. How good was that shit, dude? You yeah. know what I mean? And it was communal. Everybody sat at the table together. Everybody joked around and had fun. Like, it was a bonding. Dude, it was a fun time. That was a really fun time, man.
1: Yeah, I think we need more of that. That's one of the things I've been really focusing on and just how much that's been taken away from so many people. And to be productive to with people. And and this is even like pre-COVID bullshit. Where this idea that we're only allowed to socialize with each other and like you can go to a restaurant, which is fine and great and have a meal, but, it's like, there's something about sharing the food with people, working with people. Like, I just feel like people bond, in a way, over work, that they don't bond in other situations. Dude, you we were call being... someone forever, but you don't really get to know them until you do something with them.
0: That's true, too. I mean, like, just think about, like, you guys have a task, and then we all had, like, there was like some certain things we had to figure out. We're like, okay, where are we going to hang this pig? How are we going to do it? You know, and then we started hanging the second pig from that other post. And you remember it's like there's like problem solving, it's like working together. And it's like, it's, yeah, it's just, it's really a lot of fun, dude. You really do bond over things like that. And dude, it was, it was a blast. And what I was going to say is like, dude, we were being real rebellious at the time because like that was October 2020. Or what was it? <laughs> like, dude. I think it was past
1: October. Maybe. I, don't...
0: I think it was in October, dude. I'm not sure, though. Uh, not a hondo. But it, it was fall, right? And it was cold. Uh, but and that was what was our saving grace, actually, because it was so cold. Because like we were like working with that raw meat all day, but it was so cold that it didn't matter. But uh, I never thought about
1: this before, but... It makes sense, at the, like, where hunting season's usually kind of in the fall, and it makes sense, like, to call animals at that time, but it also makes sense to process animals at that time.
0: Oh, dude, for sure. you, could yeah, not do you don't want to be doing that. Yeah, hot summer, there's going to be flies, there's going to be all kinds of crazy shit going on, yeah. But, uh yeah, dude, that was a blast, but I was going to say, like, dude, we were being rebellious as hell. Because, like, I think at the time, it was either before or, or I don't know one of those times. Like Oregon and Washington was being stupid about each other, and it was like if you went into Washington and came back, you were supposed to self quarantine yourself for two weeks. Do you remember
1: that? Uh, something like that. Yeah. I don't yeah. Exact. I mean, I, I stopped paying attention to the exact rules that we're supposed to follow because they obviously don't accept. They're not accessible. Um, yeah. No, they're they, ridiculous. They're people from traveling unless you're. At a certain financial point, because who can really afford to quarantine for two weeks or so after you we travel?
0: Well, they're in, they're unenforceable. First of all, like how the fuck do you know what I'm doing? Second of all, like you don't. You know, I don't know. It was all bullshit, and nobody but stupid assholes were listening to those rules. But like at the time, we were not supposed to do that, and then we were all getting together and hanging out, not a single one of us had a fucking mask on. Am I incriminating myself? I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, this will
1: definitely <laughs> be used against you.
0: <laughs> this will be used in a court of law where, uh, when I refuse to get my vax and they throw me on a train and send me to a fucking gulag.
1: Well, well, well historically, has for- but- uh,
0: I was the only one unmasked. Tony had his mask on. He kept social distance, and so did everyone else in the group. I was the asshole with the mask <laughs> <I> off. <go. laughs> we told
1: him to put it on.
0: <laughs> I was like, fuck that. Fuck Kate Brown. So that's my problem.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of optimistic with the spirit of rebellion, though, happening. Like, even in Portland, where everything is super crazy, you still find a lot of rebellion, a lot of... You find a lot of question of narrative too. There's a lot of people who... Like, they have the red, tail, you know, if you want to use that language. But they definitely, um, they know something's up. This doesn't make sense. Well,
0: see, this is why I'm annoyed. Because, like, yes, you're right. People are starting to question the narratives. But it's only because it's now in the allowable opinion. It's now been moved into the Overton window. Because I don't know exactly what Vouchdog did, but they've allowed open season on him. Like, because, you know what I mean? I don't know if he's just, like, you, his usefulness is over. Or if they knew that shit was going to come out eventually anyways. And so they said, all right, let's throw this idiot under the bus. But, like, dog, BuzzFeed? <laughs> okay, first of all, BuzzFeed asked for his, like, to his uh, Freedom of Information Act, his emails. And then when they got him, they just fucking released him. That wasn't going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a thing. They wouldn't have done that. They would have, like, they would have covered it up and would have saved the narrative. But for some reason, that is now in the allowable Why?
1: Well, I yeah, want... it's interesting that I came from BuzzFeed and the Washington Post because those are the two pretty establishment uh, at, like... Precedent. Dude,
0: establishment as fuck. Fed as fuck. I mean... Why? Why are they allowing? I like it's just funny to me that like like it's open season on Bill Gates too. You can fucking make fun and say whatever you want about Bill Gates, dude. People are being so crazy to Fauci right now. People are bringing up him killing people in the eighties with AIDS. You Remember, I dude. I don't know if that's on one of our episodes or not, but we should talk about that again because yeah. I. It was, it was on one of our episodes, but I don't know if it was one that we got to keep or not. Because, like, you know, oh, we had technical difficulties. But I grew up uh, – well, I'll cover it real fast. I grew up – I had a basically stepdad. My mom was in love with this man who happened to be gay. And um, she was trying to she – was, she was trying to change the man. She was trying to change the brother. She was like, mm, and was trying to get some of that gay dick. And he, you know, wasn't having it because he loved cock. But long story short, he he was basically my stepdad from the time I can even fucking remember. Oh, from the time I was like maybe one and a half until I was like six. Um, and I loved him. And he had AIDS. And he had been a crazy party boy in the 80s and had AIDS. But he was healthy, dude. He was like a young, handsome ripped, like homie was fucking ripped and chiseled, like I get why my mom wanted to bang him uh, and he started AZT and within a year dude, he was in a fucking wheelchair his hair was starting to fall out uh, he was so sick that he couldn't even, like he couldn't keep anything down and he eventually died, all because of AZT and I blame Doctor fucking Fauci for killing basically my stepdad. Like he was my best friend. You know he was awesome.
1: Yeah, and that piece of yeah shit that's him. a pretty that's a pretty deep rabbit hole to go down. And um, oh, yeah, I, I just read um Carrie book, who invented the PCR and died right before the whole COVID thing hit. But he was very critical of Fauci. He was man.
0: I saw, dude. I saw some videos where he's like, "I'm gonna call that motherfucker out. We got to do this public. We get. I'll stop him in a parking lot." I was like, "Damn." (laughs) Well, according
1: to him, HIV was never correlated scientifically with AIDS. It was just something that people took for granted. Which I, I don't. I can't speak to that. Not technical enough in that kind of expertise. But he is, and for him and other people to put their neck on the line and say something like that, I think it has some weight. And then his whole thing was basically you've got people who, yeah, like potty too much. They overindulged. they immune system paid a price. They took a PCR test. They found a virus in it the virus was, like, the PCR was amplified up a million times more than what it should have been, kind of like with COVID. And they're like, oh, you got this thing that's going to cause this thing, and here's some medicine that's going to make it better. And then, yeah, when they, people went on the AZT, they died. And now people don't die of AIDS like they did in the early 80s. So that was a fucking, like, that's a death sentence. And what has happened?
0: Yeah, so I guess, so there's a lot there, right? So I have previously said on a previous episode that I do not know if it was ever, if it's in our lineup or not, because like I said, me and Tony had some technical difficulties in a few episodes, Uh, but I dated a girl, so I knew two guys, two guys that I knew were intravenous drug users, right? They were using heroin and doing speed balls and doing all kinds of fucking weird shit, right? Uh, Party boys, drunk. And when they got tested, okay, when they came clean, uh, they went and got tested for things. They tested positive for HIV. Uh, And then uh, a girl that I dated, um, that I was with, this is when I was young, dude. And like, I was a party animal too. We were doing drugs and I cleaned up. She kept doing crazy drugs. Uh, She got clean at one point, like six months after we were anyways, long story short, this girl tested positive for HIV too. So that scared the shit out of me. Right. And long story short, that is a regular thing dude if you are a crazy drug addict and you stop and you get tested you'll test you there are a very good chance that you can uh, do a false negative for HIV so that girl she didn't have HIV those two dudes that I knew they didn't have HIV they got what it was is like because what is HIV it's human immuno uh, do they call it a virus? Human immunovirus, I guess. HIV, right? Uh, So, really, what it is, it's like they test you, and you're just, like, completely depleted of white blood cells. But that's also because you've been doing a bunch of drugs and acting like an asshole. Right? So, that's basically what I've heard, is that, like, you fuck yourself up so bad, because, like, you're living like an asshole, you're living like a party boy, and... Or gal party gal, and you just destroy your immune system. And so when they test it, they're like, "Oh, you got HIV," but you don't necessarily.
1: Yeah, like, and I can see it happening. Just like I think part of me can see it happening just through like people's biases and how they see the world. Like if if you are at the level like fountain people are at like where you just have to see the world in a certain way and get a certain training and you'll get to hear like the higher up in that kind of hierarchy you go the less open you are to hear like different opinions so you might just think like of course this virus correlates to this and this is what we do when we kill some people and I think that this is like I mean it could also be like they're trying to kill people too I think that that's like why we need to decentralize all of this shit. It's because.
0: like, Well, I was talking to a friend today and she was talking to me because a a, a friend of mine is that is going to help us with what do you call them, dear? She's a. What the fuck is she? A doula. A doula. Okay, so our friend is a doula and she's going to help us with the baby. Right. Yeah. And she's she's going over because we're going over our do's and don'ts right now. Right. We're going over our, our birthing plan. So yes to this, no, the fuck no, stay away from us with that. Hell no this, sure, that sounds good this. You know, that sort of plan. So when we go in there, we can basically just hand them to the you know doctors and nurses and say, do this or fuck yourself, right? Um, and she's saying that, but she was going over some of the harder ones. Like I guess it's like really, anyways, I, I'm getting off topic besides them saying that like, doctors will do things that are easier for themselves so they were talking about like just cutting the perineum like doctors would just go there with yeah. a pair of scissors and go snap like this and there's there's other options you don't have to fucking just like take a pair of scissors and snap the perineum like it just it's easier for the doctor because then you just go snap rip yank you know and <laughs> That's but crazy. yeah because doctors are just like okay how, next how lazy can you be <laughs> dude, extremely, because it's I a mean. cash cow, dude. They want you in and out. The longer you stay on the bed, you're costing them money, because they want the next idiot there, so that you know what I mean.
1: It's a I business, guess so. dude. But to cut someone's cake just to
0: yeah. Well, dude, that's the whole thing. Like we're looking at doctors, like we're putting them on some sort of fucking pedestal. When it's like, this is a business too. You know what I mean? Have you ever
1: seen someone who had the force the four um? Not I was gonna say four skin, not the four, the four sap. the four marks in their forehead. No. <laughs> oh, that's just like up. They used to do that, so every now and then you'd see, like, an old person who had, like, these two indentations in their fucking... kind of, like, a little bit to the front of their temples. And it's where people used to grab forceps, press them into a baby's head, and rip it out.
0: Yeah, dude. Dude, they used to do all kinds of shit. Like, yeah, it's fucked up.
1: <laughs> I am not a I I don't, I don't claim to understand how to do the, anything related to, like, delivering drugs but, like, that just seems fucked up.
0: Oh, yeah. But, okay, so the part what I was going to say was, like, because I was trying to get back to what you said about Fauci and some of these doctors, like, she was saying that some of the doctors are just, like, stuck in their ways. Yeah. And, like, she says it also depends, like, what year they graduated in. So, like, because all this shit changes, Right. And so, like, once you're a doctor and you pass all these tests, you don't have to find out what's new and hot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to keep up with, like, the latest innovations and all these other things. Like, like you can fucking – you could have graduated in 1975 probably like Dr. Fauci. I don't know when the fuck he graduated. He's and that 80. dude is still doing some old school fucking shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he – Motherfucker also thinks he's the smartest asshole in the world. He's been doing this for fucking ever. He's, like, four foot tall, so he's got, like, a Napoleon complex. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that son of a bitch is very stuck in his ways. And so, like, she was explaining that to us. Like, like if the doctor says this, like, maybe we, you know, whatever. Like, because... I I know I already said it, but long story short, they get fucking stuck in their fucking ways, like and doctors. And again, it's a fucking business, dude. And like, we think that we put them on this pedestal because they supposedly put, they say that uh, the Hippocratic oath. And so then we make these doctors and nurses our heroes and we have to worship them. We have to put them on this pedestal. We have to think that they would never absolutely hurt someone or, or not necessarily. I'm not even saying they would hurt someone, but like, dude, let's say uh, I know for a fact that they lie about this shit all the time about like, uh, let's say your grandma's sick. Let's say that they put her into a medically induced coma. They like, I was talking to a friend earlier, uh, last week he was telling me that like his grandma was in one of those medically induced comas and she was on a breathing machine and they were trying to tell him that her heart had stopped and that her, that there was no brain activity. And he was, like, he could see, like, the heart is still going. You, you know what I mean? Like, they, but they just, like, they wanted, like, the lady was old. They were just, like, we want her dead at this point. Like, she's costing us time and money. She's taking up a bed. We could have somebody else in here. Like, like, you know what I'm saying, dude? Like, why the fuck do people want, <laughs> why do they want, uh, uh, universal health care. Why do they want like nationalized health care, dude? Look at the VA right now and tell me you want universal health care, you know
1: what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think that's because, well, I think that if you don't deal with hospitals, it's easy to like idealize them. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot there. Um, people. I mean, I think one of the best things you could do, especially if you're older, is like going to a hospice if something's going wrong. They will treat you 100% better. I've seen it with myself, my grandfather was in a hospice for a while. Much better treatment. And it's like, they're not, like, you'll live longer, too. 100%. That's interesting, man.
0: Huh. Uh, Yeah, I'll just finish my thought on the state run healthcare. Like, I can give you an example right now of what nationalized or, you know, whatever you want to call that healthcare service is. Like, if, you, if you're if you in, like, one of the countries that they worship, that they put on a pedestal, like Denmark, Sweden, Norway, any of those countries, right, where they say they have the great socialized healthcare, they've basically... Uh, they basically made down syndrome kids extinct there. And so, I mean, take that as you will, but there are tests now where you can find out if your baby is going to be down syndrome in the womb. Right. So you take a test and uh, like, I think you have to be pretty far along, but you have to be, or maybe not my wife saying no, but uh, I, I watched a video of a pregnant woman she was probably like four or five months along right pretty far along she had the belly you know what i mean like and a doctor's sitting there and this is i'm i want to say this was in denmark i'm pretty sure this was in denmark he's sitting there telling her look what you're doing is not only irresponsible it is disgusting and it is it's immoral and it is going to cost the taxpayers money this child because she the doctor was basically telling her get an abortion or you're an asshole <laughs> saying that this child is going to be a burden to the state it's going to cost the taxpayers money it's never going to be able to make money and be able to help support the system so it, this is just always going to be a drag and a parasite and so kill the baby well <laughs> she was, no i'm not going to do that like But if if it's state run, if they're only looking at like, you know what I mean, then everybody becomes numbers because in a capitalist society, I can pay for it. Like they don't care if I'm paying for my down syndrome, kid, because I'm extra money that way. Right. They're going to have to put me through extra hoops and things. But in a fucking state run socialist healthcare system, I'm a fucking burden if I don't. You know what I mean? They're not going to give me all the options. Right, because this option is going to cost twenty percent more. So that's not even going to be on the fucking table. You know what I mean? If I break my arm, they're not going to try to give me stem cells. They're going to tell me, "Yeah, I'll just put it in a sling." You know what I'm saying? Like, I- I'm not a doctor. I don't know what you know what you should or shouldn't do. But I'm saying is like, state-run healthcare is a fucking nightmare. And there's a reason why when people get like actual fucked-up things happen to them, they fly to America. To our to our hospitals
1: well ultimately a state funded system that everyone's a burden 100 yeah like the state has a benefit to kill everyone
0: <laughs> hey, just- but they need us tax cattle so they want us the young healthy dummies to keep bringing in the money but the, but as soon as you turn 60 they're like it's time for grandpa to go
1: yeah, and I think also just having a different like variety of healthcare providers. Uh, someone who works for you might not work for me or vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. your, your values might not align with someone. If you, you don't, don't like, like them for whatever reason, just as a person, like, it's a personal relationship. You can, can go pick somebody, somebody else. Yeah. It would be way, way more affordable if we could have choice in it. Um, uh, Well, I I hate the
0: false choice that they put us in right now, where, like, because we're not in a capitalist society. You know what I mean? Like, our healthcare system right now is god-awful. Like, yes, do we have fantastic doctors and some great medical stuff? Yes. But, dude, it's so fucking corrupt, and it's so warped by the government and basically by like Medicare and like the socialized stuff where they've increased the prices of things because they basically expect you to either have insurance or have the government pay for it. And so that's why they're charging you like $50 for an aspirin because they can generally just write it off to the insurance company or they can just write it off to the government and the government will pay for it. And so like, everything is just skyrocketed up. You know, I mean, it's the same thing that happened to the schools.
1: Well, and I also think that they incentivize sickness. They don't, like, there's no incentive to just get you into a better shape or whatever. They're incentivized to keep you sick and that's how they make their money. Where, like, if you were in a free market system, like, I don't want the procedure. I want the lack of ailments. You know, I, I want to be healthy. Whatever I have to, do to get there, I'm willing to do. But here, it's just like you have a procedure, you have another procedure, you have another procedure, and you never actually get healthy. You just kind of get rid of symptoms, but the symptoms pop up in other places.
0: Well, you're right that that is baked into the system. It's uh, it's they're playing whack a mole. You know, instead of just throwing the table over and grabbing that mole and choking it to death uh they <laughs> you know what i'm saying they like it is a symptom-based medical system right and so it's like <sighs> i have a headache now why do i have that headache is it because of all the other bullshit you've given me is it because of all the gross shit that you put in my to my food into my water into like you know what i'm saying like there, it's a systematic it's a system-wide systemic issue that where like they've turned this pharma dog shit into food and we call that our diet. You know what I mean? So instead of like addressing the cause of the headache, what are they going to do? They're just going to give me a pill. Well, this is another pill that'll give you a headache. Well, maybe this will cause me inflammation down the road. And so now my joints hurt. Oh, well, here's some gel you can put on it. Here's you know what I mean? Like, like you said, it's like, they're only incentivized to work, on the symptoms and because then they can sell you another cure that generally has another issue attached to it. You know, it's- well, and, Yeah, and
1: you have to because you're not even allowed to look, like everything is so specialized that like you can't look beyond the border of where you work to be like, yeah, I'm gonna give you this headache pill that will rot out your kidneys in 10 years. I just have to worry about making sure you don't have a headache and nothing else matters. That's, that's a crazy system. And also just looking at how our system has been kind of collectively hijacked, like the idea that we're not allowed to have any divergent opinion. If you speak out and question the vaccine narrative at all, you're getting fired 100%. Well a lot of
0: that too is like it that it the system was designed that way because like I this was like Rockefeller medicine. That's why they call it Rockefeller medicine a lot of times because uh at one time in the nineteen you know, nineteen hundreds, nineteen tens, twenties, something like that, there was lots of different medical schools. There was doctors coming from lots of different schools of thought, and what the Rockefellers did was they sunk goo gobs, millions of dollars into medical training, into doctors, right? And so they would sink it into different universities. And so then they started that accreditation system and they started like a, what they would consider, like, this is what we want you to teach. And this is like, what is acceptable medicine. And if you don't follow our script, then now we will pull those millions of dollars from your school. And so they they started doing that. And so then basically all the schools just said, okay, we'll just take the money and shut the fuck up. And, you know, I mean, it was a crazy time. And so some people might argue that there was, like, a lot of, like, snake oil salesmen at the time. And there was all kinds of crazy shit going on in the States. And, like, you didn't necessarily have to go to medical school to call yourself a doctor. Or maybe you did, but, like, it could be a quacker, like a cracker box (laughs) certificate from some fucked up school. But, man, I kind of like that, first of all. <laughs> and I kind of – and it, it takes the responsibility off of the consumer. Like, I should look into Dr. Dr. Cracker, right? Uh, how's Dr. Cracker's reviews? Has he helped people? Or you, – you know what I mean? Like, it, it took this uh, – it's more infantilization of us – and, and so it took, I guess, the responsibility off of us into actually looking into products, into services, and into, like, specific physicians, I guess, by universalizing everything and making everything the same. But, uh, and I guess it brought, I don't know. I don't know, man. What, what are your thoughts on any of that? Well, oh, well I
1: think that. Also, the placebo effect is real. And I think that just telling someone a story where they feel like they're going to get better is like, even if you are a complete fraud in every other way, if you can convince what you're doing is helpful to the person, that's huge. And I feel like so many doctors don't understand that. Like there is theater in medicine. You wear a uniform. You got your white coat, your scrub, You got your sacred, like, scripts, like, medical books. You got a degree on the wall. Like, there is a psychodrama to the whole thing. And when doctors tell people that, like, okay, (laughs) here's what we can do to get, like, if they can get you to believe that you're going to get better, that's probably as good as anything that they're going to prescribe to you. And if they make you believe that you got an ailment, that's fucking a curse that they're putting on people. And it sounds like that that fake oil salesman who was peddling something that had no scientific, like maybe he was a really good con artist, but could con people into thinking that they would get well. I mean, and if you can do that, you can make yourself a really good living. And I don't see the harm in that. Well, I guess like I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, you can and can uh could you could do something good with it or do something bad with it, right? Like uh it, that when you you were saying that like you the way it's theater, right. And the doctor's putting on their outfit and they're doing all this stuff. It made me think of Edward Bernays. Uh, that is what's his name's nephew, right? That was, yeah, uh, Freud's nephew. And Edward Bernays had a, I think what show was he on? I think it was like on, um, Carson, Johnny Carson's show. And he showed up in a white lab coat and he was sitting there saying a bunch of crazy bullshit to, <laughs> to Johnny Carson. And, 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 In the interview, he said like, well, you know, all of this is done on purpose um, because like the book that he wrote, uh, it was like the manipulation of the American mind. Like he had all these crazy fucking shit. He was telling him, uh, look, I wear this white lab coat because now you see me in it and anything that I say has more gravitas. You're going to take anything that I say much more seriously. You're much more likely to believe me. You're much, you know, he was like psychoanalyzing the audience while he's talking to him. He goes, yeah, all I have to do is put on this nice white lab coat and look professional and have my hair done nicely and talk in this certain way. And you're going to believe anything that I have to say. Also, just you being <laughs> on
1: TV, especially at that time period, led you some so much credibility. Yeah.
0: yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> dude. And Johnny Carson was the only show in town. So if you made it to Johnny Carson, then Johnny Carson wouldn't lie
1: to us. Yeah, I mean, pretty much he was it, right? Because like you have three networks and this is like 10 at night when they're all shut down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dude, he was the only show in town. I am currently, I have my hand on my wife's belly and my son is doing backflips, so.
1: (laughs) Backflips.
0: He's doing all kinds of kooky shit, dude. He was practicing karate last night. He was doing all kinds of fucking punching and kicking the shit out of my wife's guts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your wife should learn some karate then.
0: Ah, yeah. No, he's going to be a soccer player. For sure.
1: Oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah, uh, not
0: because his dad is Mexican, but just because he likes to kick the shit out of his mom. So
1: I was, thinking, I, I, I was thinking about sports, right? So, like, all, basically all sports are going broke or going woke. No one wants to watch them anymore. I mean, you don't want to get into politics watching sports. We're never going to get into soccer as a country just because like that's a European thing and we're America and there's nothing wrong with soccer, but it's just it's it's never going to be like the American thing to do. It's not. No, there's nothing wrong with hockey, but Canada has that. Like we want our own thing, right? We have it, the UFC, like that's blowing up right now. But there's no, like, that's there's the last thing
0: sport, thing. though. What? That's the last that I think, dude. I think that's the last sport that hasn't been like politicized yet. And maybe that's why it's so popular, because there's nothing more American than getting it in an octagon and kicking the shit out of each other, well, even just, if, like, you learn those moves from, you know, different cultures and different stuff. But that's American, too, because, you know what I mean? Like, we're a melting pot. And so, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, because, I mean, soccer, come on, it's kind of lame. Well, that, uh, lame. I don't think it's lame, I just like... It's not us. It's not us. And
1: we want our own thing. We don't want
0: a hand-me-down. I'm going to get punched in the face from a Portland Timbers fan for saying (laughs) that, but I'm just, you know, I I watch it. I'm like, yeah, that guy has the ball now. Oh, he kicked it over there. Like, you know what? I'm not a sports guy. So, dude, it's, to me, I've always looked at it like bread and circus. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, so, I, I mean, there's a reason why the fucking, the defense department sinks in hundreds of millions of dollars into having big like patriotic shows and fucking having a flag that stretches across the field and now everybody's got to put their heart on their on their hand and we're gonna do the pledge and then we're gonna sing the anthem and we're gonna have a fireworks show you know what i mean it's it's brainwashing and it's mind-numbing and i know that i just Really pissed off a lot of our audience.
1: Well, okay, yeah. I mean, it is bread and circus, but there is also. I'd rather have people fighting over like who's better, like the Blazers or the Jazz, than about politics because no one gives a shit about basketball. And I feel like, like for culture as big, we we need a little bread and circus for this thing to work.
0: Because
1: if not, we're gonna have fucking riots in the street. We're gonna kill each other.
0: Dude, you are so fucking right, because I, before before that, I used to get really annoyed that people wouldn't pay attention to politics, because like, I was so obsessed with politics and whatever the fuck the government was doing at this time, and hey, did you know this just came up for a vote, and everyone should go and do something about it, we need to write our congressman, and everybody's like, I just want to watch football, I just want to watch like pro wrestling, like those are my stupid friends yeah i appreciate them now yes yes please just go watch american idol and chill the fuck out because now every fucking karen thinks she's like a warrior you know what i mean (laughs) every asshole thinks they're fucking political and that their opinion matters and that their opinion's important and we should all fight about it i'm like fuck just go watch something stupid go watch like What's that? She said yes to the dress or something stupid? Like, go fucking watch TV and shut up, idiot.
1: Because well, you know, yeah, and I mean, of them are fucking retarded. I think we need some kind of, like, team sport. Like, I feel like that's a really important thing for a culture to have. Like, the UFC is great, but it's not a team thing. So, I don't, I don't know what that is. I mean, I feel like, I feel like basketball was kind of our sport. Like football's weird. It's like it doesn't really like baseball is weird. Like it's like it doesn't really like fit the definition. Like, like you need some kind of like fast fashion, fashion. Australia has rugby.
0: I mean, that's football, but with more hurting each other. Yeah. Like, is that you'll... like, is that sort of like hockey and football fucked or something? Um, not, because uh, they get in fights like hockey, don't they? I don't know. I've I never won All I know is that like the British version of baseball is cricket, and it looks stupid.
1: Oh well, if, yeah. I mean, baseball <laughs> is just kind of—I don't know. Like, it's not I really get behind as a sport. It it's seems very, very bureaucratic. Like everyone just has a job to do and. I thought, it was I thought it was dope
0: in kindergarten, dude. I played some T-ball like crazy, and I loved it. Yeah. And then when I was, like, six, I was obsessed with Mark McGuire. I don't know why. I think I still have some Mark McGuire cards. I wonder if they're worth any money. But Maybe.
1: When he was on the A's or when he – um.
0: I have no fucking idea, dude. I was a dummy. I know whatever. I think he was on the Cardinals, wasn't he? Like I'm, I'm about eighty-eight percent sure that this was whatever his team was was red. Okay, he switched over at some point. He was the red team when I was obsessed with him, and that's when he was like the fucking man. So I think he was either on the Red Sox or the Cardinals. I'm pretty sure he was on the Cardinals. Okay, but dude, again, me and sports—I don't know shit about sports. Yeah, I liked basketball. Basketball was fun. I played basketball all throughout high school. I actually played football in high school too. Uh, <laughs> hold on. I'm sorry. My son has... My bathroom door is fucked up right now and I tell my son about it because I thought it would be funny. But, uh, he just locked himself in and it's pretty funny and he, now he's knocking from the inside. I'm gonna have to fix the door tomorrow. It's it's something. Uh, I got distracted (laughs) because, sorry, buddy. Uh, (laughs) We're talking about sports and all kinds of dumb shit, Uh, and that's all fun. Yeah, bread and circus and dummies being distracted with television. I get it now. Like, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to put myself in like the government shoes right now, and they're like well, how do I keep these idiots from picking up pitchforks and coming to kill me? I know. Let's, let's let them watch American Idol. You know? <laughs> and it worked great. Well,
1: that we're being distracted with um, endless streams of TV and content in that way. Um, you know, Netflix, like, there's a million series that people are getting invested in. Like, like the idea of people binge watch stuff, like, like, that, that is, such is such a crazy a idea, idea that we have a, a term called binge watching. People talk, talk about, about it like it's, it's a normal horror. thing. Like I'm bingeing the show. Don't you never binge watch anything? Not in a while. There, well, there's just nothing I'm really that interested in anymore.
0: I, I could just feel the propaganda of it. I wish there was yeah. something, dude. I've ruined myself off the of television, but like back in the day, I loved it, dude. I grew, dude. My mother was shit. Sorry, mom. But TV was my parent, you know. That's another thing. Like the government counts on your parents being shit, and they count on you being raised by the television, and that's why they pay so much money to have so much propaganda in it because you're raised from a fucking small child watching that shit. Like we can talk about. Like I just watched a video a little bit ago. I I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it on. Uh, I'll find it and I'll put it on the Twitter. If anybody wants to see the video that I'm talking about, but there's Elmo and Elmo's talking about Elmo. uh, Elmo's asking a doctor about the COVID-19 vaccine. You know what I mean? Dude, I'm like, (laughs) motherfucker. And he's like,
1: Elmo says it's going to keep us all
0: healthy. So everybody's got to go get the vaccine. (laughs) You know, I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you, Elmo. Fuck you, PBS.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's public broadcast system, which is based like government propaganda. You should not, like, it's, yeah, you should definitely not, Or you should be at least susp- sus- like, a little bit suspicious about anything that's, um, government propaganda network stuff. And, and I get it, because, like, when we wrote up I don't think it was, like, as heavy-handed. Like, they weren't trying kind to, of, like, tell kids what medical decisions they sh- should make. Amazing. No. I don't remember
0: that. Yeah, I don't know, man. See, like, uh, I think that they were trying to get control in different ways, right? And so at one time, the way that they were trying to get control was through things like global warming. Like, if you look into the Club of Rome and you look into these, like, societies that were basically like, uh, like the Bilderbergs of the day. Right where these all these elite would get together and try to make decisions to affect the entire world and the economy and like how propaganda and television and everything was going to roll out. Like the Club of Rome was talking about even back then was saying like, look, we have to start talking about overpopulation and we need to talk about the we need to talk about how there's not going to be enough food and the climate crisis and this is going to be a way for us to take control because. He, I, I don't even understand how they say it. it's like if you give us more tax money we can change the weather. Or, you know I mean like, like uh, we're just going to make gas insanely expensive through because we're going to put a carbon tax on it and then you won't be able to drive places. So just well, keep and also giving just
1: a- like it justifies a like a massive amount of control because you have this global problem. I mean, granted. Like, if you look at any problem with the right lens, it becomes this global problem. But then you're like, "Well, in order to fix the Earth, you have to give us all of this power because if well, the Earth is gonna break,
0: yeah." And see, I think that's what I was trying to say is that like that was the old school thing. And so like that propaganda, if you look back on that shit, it was there. They were really talking about the climate. Like, watch them old Bill Nye. He was talking about it. But now, they've like, basically that didn't work. So now they're using this COVID-19, they're using this, like, virus to try to take control. And, like, so it's more blatant now, and we can see it.
1: Yeah, like, okay, so, me want to say, like, there's, like, this environmental movement where people start to become, like, and this might have been, like, just a science too, where people start becoming aware of, like, oh, we should, like, be aware of, like, what we're drinking, the air quality, and this stuff, which I'm certain I think that that actually makes a lot of sense. But then it became this climate change thing, and I just kind of like morphed into that where. Well, it poisoned the well, dude. It's like they take the
0: good and then they twist it. It's like, yes, we should be careful with what we eat we should be trying to do things sustainably and like i don't see honestly dude i grew up okay so i'm a fucking capitalist okay i want to i'm a market anarchist i want to see us be able to trade and make money and flourish i'm a human first type of person but i also grew up in the forest i grew up in the redwoods and i love them i so in a weird way i have a tree hugger side of me as well and I grew up with like a hippie mom, uh a lot, weird, weird mom, but so there is an environmentalist in me as well. Okay. And I think that there needs to be a balance between the two. Like there doesn't need to be any extreme. Like, look, there needs to be a way where we can we need lumber, we need to be able to cut down trees, we need to be able to build houses with those trees. Do we have to make everything out of plastic? Can we make a plastic that can be actually reusable? Can we make only, can we all agree to use plastic that will be biodegradable right now? dude, the, like that's, that's where I get in here and I'm like, man, why the fuck are we making a hundred billion tons of plastic every year that literally will never go away ever. It will break it down further and further and further and further into tinier and tinier pieces, but it will always be here forever. Because we won't, because what? It'll cost us just a little bit more to make something that's biodegradable?
1: Well, that's the thing. When you look back at the whole environmental movement, if you looked at what we were doing before that, like if you looked and just like excavated a dump from like the 1960s, you'll probably find some weird shit in there. But you're not gonna find all of this plastic. It just wasn't any. People reuse so much more. Like you just didn't buy the packaging. How much stuff is just packaging? That's like that's something that we can and just allow the free market to do its thing. Like you would get less and less packaging. It would be easier to ship. You would get more. It becomes more efficient. Um, and I think there's a cultural component to that. Like, if no one gives a shit about the environment, then like, capitalism is just going to fuck over the environment. But if people in that capitalist system care for the most part about the environment, they have that level of awareness, then they're going to use like, capitalism as just a tool that allows us to do certain things. And it's like there's a cultural component too to it but doesn't mean that we should have all of these restrictions and give away our power and
0: do that. Well, you see, capitalism in its truest form, I guess, like I hate using the word capitalism because that is something that was made by leftists. It was made by Karl Marx. But markets, okay, and their purest form, let's say that I own this property and I own this like chunk of land with all these trees on it. If I own this property and I cut down every single tree, I'm going to run out. And then what am I going to do? If I poison this, you know, if I poison this river by, you know, fucked up practices, then it's going to affect anyways. You know what I mean? All of these things can be actually solved by privatization because now it's my property, right? And I want to make more money. Like, and so, it's, when I cut trees down, I'm gonna start growing other trees because I like I'm looking down the line twenty years from now. I want to be able to cut this tree down again, the one that I just put in the ground.
1: Yeah. Well, okay, so that that's right, and I think that how the society relates that, like, like Hip Camp, like Hip Camp is this really cool Airbnb for campsites that I just got a campsite through. And like, if you get a piece of property and you get to use that to make money, like if you like if people in the culture are like, yeah, like we value nature, we want to have this experience, then you can make a shitload of money just renting out oh, natural land. You know, semi-natural, obviously, you're to it a little bit. But if you don't have like so like there's a like I do think there's a cultural aspect of it. That should be addressed, I don't think that we should just tell people like what they can and can't do and just try to, like, because, like, A, number one, like the people who are centralized in power, they don't give a fuck. They'll, they'll cut down everything.
0: You know? Well, dude, that's like the biggest thing where, like, you can, okay, so the left environmental movement will sit there and point at capitalists. Right? No point at corporations. And, dude, honestly, I'm right there with them. For the most part, I'm like, I, fuck Nestle. Fuck Coca-Cola. Fuck all of these companies. Anyway, I, don't get me started on corporations because I'm anti-corporation as well. But let's say that I'm looking at like i'm a leftist and i'm looking at some company and i'm pointing out that they are using too much gasoline or you could even look at let's say a bitcoiner like what's her name that stupid asshole the one that pretended she was a native american for the for the primaries elizabeth warren yeah elizabeth warren was sitting there and she i'll try to find that video too and post it on our twitter uh it's her sitting there whining about uh whining about Bitcoiners and about how much energy that it costs and so that it's actually bad for our environment and that it's gonna cost go it's gonna cause global warming because of people using this energy to to mine Bitcoin. I'm like, look lady uh, go fuck yourself.
1: Well yeah, how go- much is the petrodollar use?
0: Go fuck yourself, you lying, conniving lizard person Bitch. First, okay, sorry. I had to get that off my way. Okay. But nobody is pointing at the U.S. military. The U.S. goddamn military uses more carbon and is expelling more fucking, uh, what do you call those? What, what do they want? Uh, anyways, carbon emissions and is causing more pollution than like 10 countries combined. Yeah, uh, dude, yeah, all of those
1: things talk about that. Yeah, it, it's really interesting that you think there'd be more like conservative conservationalists, like, you think that those two things would kind of extend together. Because, if anything, I, I won't say liberals, but I'll say like progressives, like, they're trying to get away from nature in so many ways. Like, they're trying to GMO your food. They're trying to GMO your kids. They're trying to do all of this crazy stuff that's, you know, unnatural. And whether or not that's... I'm not going to make a morality judgment. Matter. But you don't need just, like... It doesn't make sense to have an environmental movement grow out of that soil. But someone who's just like, yeah, we want to live a traditional life, that's like, well, okay, well, you need a traditional environment. Like, those two things go together.
0: Yeah, it should. <laughs> it should, and I, I sometimes I think about uh, I don't know, I, like when I when I was young and I used to hear the word conservative, I was like that has a sound that has like a nice connotation to it. Like we're trying to conserve something. <clears throat> we're trying to what like being a con. I don't know, like a conservationalist. Are we trying to conserve the forest? Are we, yeah. you know, like but. I, what are what are conservatives trying to conserve right now? Um, well... Because <laughs> I don't see much that they're trying to conserve. Like, they say they want small government, and then they just support the police and military, like, non-fucking-stop. Uh, like, what are you trying to conserve?
1: I think a lot of them are just reactionary to the most, like, egregious woke, progressive bullshit right now. Like, I don't think that they have a good ethos. There's nothing necessarily that they're trying to... It doesn't seem principled to me in a lot of ways. I'm sure a couple of are, but... Like, it's maybe at best, like, a pragmatic ideology where you're saying, well, if this works in the past, we can continue on doing this. And almost... Kind of like well, progressives just look at something, and go, "Well, we can imagine something will work better, so why not try this?" And either way, it just comes down to like then once who's whoever's in power gets to do whatever you want to do because there's no like philosophical guideline saying, "Well, I'm going to operate within this sphere. I'm not going to do this because it's against my practices or oh, whatever." It's I think that.
0: yeah man i i just i find it funny and i find it sad i wish that people were more like single issue voters i wish people actually had like i wish there was nuance to people's opinion i wish there was like somebody that considered themselves a conservative but like thinks abortion's okay or you know like i don't like abortion but you know what i mean like there's nobody there's no more nuance there's no more like yeah everybody is so firmly in their fucking camps that like, and the other thing about it too, is that like they can switch at any time, but you better stay on board with whatever the team is saying. And I like, one of the things I find funny is if you look at Bernie Sanders, like in the nineties, Bernie has been consistent as fuck. Right. Bernie's like, I'm an old grizzled communist. And I love the USSR. I did my honeymoon there. Me and my crazy wife sung a bunch of fucking bullshit. But have you seen that video of him? And uh, it, this, I think it was in the eighties. Yeah, like, yeah, when, yeah, yeah. Fun. Yeah, he was just having a good time. He's just an old dirty commie, uh, and that's fine. But like, he was consistent with his dirty commie bullshit. And then, because like, I think this was like around two thousand and. I want to say, like, 2014-ish, right, where they're now asking him. There's, like, Salon Magazine or one of those, like, leftist articles are, like, trying to – are interviewing uh, Bernie Sanders, and they're asking him about open borders. And he's like, what? Me? Open borders? Open borders is for – that's a right-wing position. Open borders, that's what – that's what – what the fuck were those assholes – uh Koch yeah, brothers,
1: uh, yeah. So Coke brothers plot or something.
0: Yeah, he's like, that's what the Koch brothers want. I don't want open borders, I want to protect the workers that are here. I he, like he was a nativist, dude. He was a he was a populist. He was that a leftist means... populist, dude. And he was like, No, we need to have closed borders so I can pay my workers a livable wage. And you're like, dude, you sound like a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because nowadays, if you say something like that, you're a full-on fucking Nazi.
1: Like what no, can become a nationalist and a socialist?
0: Yeah, but it's just so funny that. And then and they like basically like we're whispering to him. Uh, you can't say that anymore, Bernie. Uh, Bernie, uh, we're we now pretend that we care about immigrants and we have to pretend that we're open borders advocates. And so then, like, the next interview is like, oh, uh, yes, I love open borders. I love Mexicans. Let the Mexicans come here. They can make me tacos. It'll be fantastic and we'll still pay them $40 an hour. Yeah, you know, and, no, no. like, he just changes his fucking... Yeah, it's interesting,
1: too, because, like, he was, I mean, he probably still is, like, one of the more principal people in politics. Like, you going, okay, I know where this guy is coming from. And for him to switch... Like, like, a lot of people, like, you don't give a shit if they switch positions, because you just expect that. Like, 99% of politicians, like, you don't care if, like, Mitt Romney or Hillary Clinton or whatever switches a position, like, their shoes. But like, that guy was very consistent, I mean, being a socialist for fucking 40 years, that's, that's something. I don't know
0: what it is, but it's... It's something.
1: Uh,
0: yeah, but that, that's just... It's funny to me watching them play, like, switch swap with their positions now. And it's like... I'm also... Like, I was talking to my wife earlier, too. It's like... We were talking about liberals now. How liberals, like... They hate Donald Trump so much, but they also kind of fucking are in love with him because they they needed him now that he's gone they miss him you know because this like deborah across the street who is like 45 and has eight kids i don't know if she has eight kids she's a she's a democrat so she has one kid and that uh and she is now like depressed and sad because like when donald trump was president she was a warrior she was a queen she was fighting for justice and she was like i love black people and i love mexicans i love immigrants and queers are my favorite and i want lgbt trans people everywhere and now joe biden's president and he like what he closed the border and home girl (laughs) did you hear did you hear kamala in guatemala she was like stay home don't come just don't come yeah yeah Yeah. and then democrats are just like oh this is fine that's like that meme where that dude's on fire in his house and he's like this is fine you know it's like they just have to they miss donald trump dude like they're not warrior queens anymore like i'm not how can they be social justice warriors like the guy they voted for they're like that guy's literally hitler and the guy i just voted for i guess is literally hitler
1: like, I mean, it has to be a letdown for the actual, like, Antifa types who are up there like shit on fire and riding in the streets and stuff. And this year, it's like, what are you doing? Nothing.
0: Yeah, they have to stay home because they're supposed to stay home now, you know? Yeah. Like, we won, yeah! What changed? I don't know. Gas is really expensive. Oh, yeah. and now food's getting more expensive. And now there's no police anywhere, which I'm fine with no police, except that they're You know they. Anyways, we'll we'll get to that later. And so now, like, violent crime is raised by like six hundred percent in the inner city, and uh, I uh, 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 you know, that's that's where we're at. We're like, oh, but but we won though. Oh, but we're having mass inflation. Yeah, still
1: can't go outside.
0: (laughs) We, we're still not really supposed to go outside without a mask on, uh, but uh, uh, but I can get a lap dance and a donut if I get a fucking vaccine, though, right? So
1: This was interesting because a lot of people last summer, the only thing they were allowed to do, and because everyone was such a rule follower, they were just basically going to these protests. And, you know, okay, like, there was like riots and there was protests and whatever. Some of them, I'm not going to say like they were all riots, but like, you were allowed to do that. So, that was the one place that people could socialize.
0: Dude, you weren't just allowed. You, you were, were celebrated. Yeah. You were celebrated. You were virtuous. You were a fucking fighter. You were a warrior.
1: <laughs> you know I'm mean? I sure people had to go to these things just because, like, your boss goes, like, hey, we're doing this thing. And it's like, oh, I don't want to be the person who gets fired over this.
0: Dude, I mean, you you were preparing for this all week. You are like, buying cans of pepper spray and, like, spray paint. And you were like, okay, we're getting ready. And, oh, I've, I'm going to wear this new mask that says, fuck Trump on it. And, okay, are you ready? All right, let's go. Out there. We're going to have some brass knuckles. And, hey, we need to paint some signs. And, you, you know what I mean? It was, like, something that you would look forward to. And you're like, we're fighting oppression. We're fighting the fascists. They were so fucking pumped and excited. But now what are they doing? You know who actually has been consistent? I'll have to say, I love you. Good job, guys. When Antifa came out and says fuck Joe Biden too. He's not our president either. Go fuck yourself. And like, there's still people that are, you know what I mean? Like,
1: Yeah, but know- they're not going to riot though, because now they'll be prosecuted.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Now they're not getting protected. Now Kamala Harris isn't bailing them out. Yeah,
1: yeah. Very <laughs> different
0: situations. Dude, people don't fucking talk about that. Kamala Harris was sending out, like, she was like, just, like, she was, how much money did she put out? Like, $10,000 to just get bail people out of fucking jail that were oh, rioting? That,
1: there, was some, some, there was some website that was just basically hooking people up with bail money.
0: Yeah, dude, it was, dude. Yeah, that's not happening anymore. And George Soros isn't dropping off pallets of bricks anymore either. So you're gonna have to go find your own bricks.
1: I think we should (laughs) have came up with some kind of like white pages or something. Like everyone who basically said like, oh, it's okay to ride, it's okay to loot. We should just basically list all of those people and be like, This is where these people live. They're completely okay with all of this bullshit. You can do it there, they won't mind. They're already on record to say they don't mind. But leave the rest of us alone.
0: Dude, dude, there was a time in Portland where I was watching these videos. They like Black Lives Matter and Antifa were going door to door in neighborhoods. Join us or we'll burn your house down. Or like not exactly, but they were saying they were going through like 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 northeast and like uh neighborhoods and then like Like you basically had to come out of your house and like give the Black Lives Matter fist and say, Yeah, Black Lives Matter or they were gonna like I don't know, or what? What were they gonna do to you? (laughs) Like like it was yeah, it was like it was fucking rioting mobs going through neighborhoods, like going door to door and like making you come out and say, Black lives matter.
1: yeah, yeah. i was such bullying that is such bullshit and just the idea of like
0: well did you look at those fucking people that were going to people while they were trying to eat in restaurants in like washington dc and they were going like to restaurant to restaurant to outdoor seating and like black lives matter say it say it and they're like I- i'm trying to eat spaghetti you know what I mean? Raise your fist. Say "Black Lives Matter," or we'll kill you. And they're like, "Black Black Lives Matter." Can I can I eat my spaghetti now?
1: Do this <laughs> empty gesture. Yeah, do it.
0: <laughs> but it was it's it really is. It's a sign of like it's it's a power thing, dude. They want to make you bend. They want to make you wave. They want to make you lift your arm out and salute. Like it's a. Yeah. yeah
1: and it's, I think it's really hard for a lot of people to understand because it's not like I can get like wanting to have a lot more power in your life but just to do it and just to use it in such a dumb way like I only like, think you to chant these words and put a fist up in the air like nah nah that's not what I would use power for you know like like just just power for the sake of having power over someone just do that. Has, that doesn't benefit
0: your life in the slightest. Why? Dude, what I find the most fucking wild is like, I if you look into it right now, there's like high level people that were in Black Lives Matter that are just dropping off like fucking flies because they're like, they're looking at the communities and saying like, but, uh, we're not doing anything that's helping the community right now, and they're like, "Shut the fuck up." But, uh, but actually, like, crime is worse, and there's lots of black people dying in Chicago right. Shut up. You know what I mean? It's getting fucking nuts, dude. And then you're looking at what's her name? Um, her uh, something colors. What do you know? What I'm talking about? Oh yeah, She had like a lot
1: of
0: stuff. Dude, she was the the leader. And she was supposedly like you can hear Patrice colors was that it or
1: I thought it was Robin but
0: Robin Col- no I mean, I'm maybe, pretty I no
1: mean, maybe it's Patrice
0: anyways that lady she was the head of Black Lives Matter that lady who you can hear her she is sitting there claiming we are trained Marxists that's what we are we are trained Marxists that is what matters not. Like basically she was saying that's where our allegiance is that's what we are that's what we're doing and then just like every other Marxist leader she has four homes that are worth over a million dollars she just bought some big fucking beautiful giant mansion that she has guarded 24 hours a day in a gated fucking community in California right now and uh, (laughs) you're like Oh, so it's the gulag for me and it's the fucking mansion for you.
1: I'm really really happy about that, though, okay? I'm really glad she's embracing her role in all of this. Like, she's like those Taliban, people from the 80s who would just be like, we need more money, we need more money, and you find out, like, they've got 15 mansions and how they get out of it. Like, they're just grifters, and just to be like that, Transparent with the grift, dude. People will still give them money, like, people will 100%
0: still give them money. My mom still gives those people money. I met one of those grifters. My mom, (laughs) dude, like, I'm telling you, I grew up Christian, and my mom was obsessed with this guy named Creflo Dollar. His last name is Dollar, okay? And Creflo Dollar is this handsome, well spoken fucking really fuck it. dude if you listen to him talk that motherfucker is smooth he is a goddamn huckster and he's good at what he does okay and he's the one that was trying to convince everybody I need this 150 million dollar super jet I'm so $50 million dollar fucking super jet so that I can go all around the world and tell everybody about Jesus. And you My know, he on some
1: level believes in what he's doing
0: too. Oh, He absolutely believes in it. Like, you no, know, he has a whole fucking story all about it and he'll tell you all about it. And he's like, look, if Jesus told me that I need to go all around the world and, and then, you know what, that fucking plane has exactly what I need. And you know what, uh, our God is so big and so good that who's going to limit God. So if he wants to give me that jet, I'm going to have that jet, you know? And so, you know, it, maybe you're going to be a part of that, you know, cause you know, you're part of, we're all part of the body of Christ here. And so that, you know, maybe we need, you know, if you give me $10 and you know, everybody else gives me $10 too, I could have that jet and then, you know, I can go all around the world and I can tell everybody about Jesus. This is going to be for the kingdom of God. So, you know, just give me ten bucks and stuff because Jesus said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, God
1: doesn't want me to fly coach.
0: Yeah, I mean, God definitely does not want me in like a slightly smaller jet.
1: I he wants he me in want this jet. jet. I wanted to fly coach and she was like, absolutely not.
0: You know what? I already have a jet, but this one's going to get me there faster. And Jesus wants me there faster. I know in the Bible where it says that like God really wanted this disciple to be over here at this time. So he he actually like picked him up and moved him. Like God actually like transported this person over there because God's power is. all. But, you know, let's not talk about that because we I need this jet. And so, if God really wants me there, what He's saying is, you need to give me money so that I can buy this jet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's
1: like I'm f- if people, there's always gonna be people who are really good at that. There's always gonna be people who give them money. But- he's a handsome dude.
0: He's he's handsome and fucking suave. I met him. I shook his hand. Yeah, uh, He came here. Dude, it was funny. He came to the uh, Portland Convention Center. And, uh, and my mom, I didn't even want to go. And my mom wanted me to go. And I was like, you know what? Just for shits and giggles, I'm going to... Because this is after... Like, he got in trouble. People were like, wait, you're asking for a $150 million jet? I don't know if it's... It's something ridiculous like that. Look, like, I know it sounds like a lot of money, but I'm not kidding. It was something ridiculous like that. They're like, there are children that are fucking starving to death. There are families that don't have a house. There are people that's roofs are caving in. You want how much? Well, I gotta go over there and save their souls, so what's more important? Their house or their soul? They need me. So give me this jet. Anyways, so this was after that. And I was so I was like okay fuck it mom let's go because she wanted to go so we went down there and I sat there I was like in the front row with my mom we sat there and watched like it was Kenneth Copeland and it was uh, Creflo Dollar and it was all these like dude the biggest huckster pieces of shit on the planet and my mom was digging it by the way dude my mom was so fucking excited she was like oh Dude, Jesus, dude. Anyways, yeah, she was feeling Jesus. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, then port, dude. Then some people came and started protesting inside the convention. They came and said, hey, you piece of shit! And started, like, screaming at him, like, oh, we're in there. Dude, it was just, it was amazing. It was Portland as fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that people want to just feel... Like they're part of something bigger than something else and people pay money and a couple of people figure this out. I mean, at least the BLM people, like they were smart and they just marketed themselves towards guilty white people who had extra money. I think that that's nice. Like, I don't feel bad that people who gave their money are, oh, not one person, like, oh, you got swindled by BLM.
0: Dude, white people are so goddamn stupid. I'm thinking about this one lady in particular, like at a at a church that I was going to, she was like an assistant pastor and she was getting really big on the social justice bullshit. And she got up there and was like, you know, this is Oregon, right? So in our church, there was probably, I you don't know, 92% white people. Like, I was probably me and one other person were the only spicks there. And there was, there was one black family, okay? So she's sitting there telling white people why they suck and why they should feel bad. And she's a white lady, right? But, and dude, this lady's rich as fuck. Like, she lives in one of the nicer neighborhoods, like, not like Oswego, but pretty much, you know what I'm saying? And she's trying to tell us about, Long story short, she's trying to tell every single white person in there that they suck, that they need to apologize, that they need to accept their privilege, they need to acknowledge it, they need to apologize for it. And there was one, like I said, there was one black family and the entire congregation. And she goes up there and she brings them on stage. They weren't in on this. They didn't know it was going to happen. And she brings the black family on stage and starts asking them about their oppression and different things that have happened to them. And you see them, they are uncomfortable as fuck. They're just like, look, we came to church today to worship God and what the fuck is your problem, basically? And and anyways, they never came back. Our one black family (laughs) decided, fuck this, I'm never coming back again.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's just basically
0: um passive aggressive white like, supremacy. It is, dude. It's goof ass bullshit. Like, okay, Patrice, colors good for you, girl. You found a hustle and you trick these dumb white idiots into doing it. Good for you. Uh white people that are doing it to themselves, you're retarded. <laughs> you're retarded.
1: Yeah, people feel guilty, and I think that just a lot of social pressure that people have to, and I don't know, I, I don't get it. It's, it's an obviously, I guess it's really easy to see a hustle that you don't fall prey to. Like, it's really easy to see the thing that, you're like, oh, that's a con. But when you're in a con, it just, I like, probably feels pretty good, I guess, I don't know.
0: I don't know, man. I mean, it all goes back to I wish there was more nuance in things and I wish there was more like I guess nuanced conversations about things because like as a beaner if I'm driving I am more worried about a cop pulling me over than if you're a white guy in like a fucking nice little sweater or something you're probably not going to get pulled over as many times as me. And we can talk about that if you want, I guess. But why does the white guy in the sweater have to apologize to me? Can we focus on the problem? Like we're going back to whack-a-mole. Like we're trying to beat the symptoms. We're like, well, what's the solution? Or what's the cause of this? Oh, cops are cunts. Or, you know what I mean? I don't, you know what I'm saying? It's like,
1: I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's a lot there that a t- I mean I think that it depends on the situation. Like like pops are kind of trained to look at anything that doesn't fit their narrative, whether that's good or bad. So you can get pulled out, like, you know. Like I'm sure like if you're like too well-dressed white and you're in a run-down like black area or something like that, Like you're going to throw off suspicions. They might not necessarily use so Well,
0: also, dude, think about this. No matter where you're at, there's going to be majority privilege. I think that's something that Jordan Peterson said, actually. He goes, yeah, there's going to be a privilege to being in the majority because that's not necessarily... The majority's fault, like because my kid with my wife is gonna be white as fuck. Like I don't necessarily want him to be treated differently because he's a white male, you know. It and it's just funny. Everything is topsy turvy and on its head. But like, like I said about majority privilege, it's on its head in South Africa. It just white people that still live there they get fucked over now you, you can argue whether or not it's justified by the past or something but uh, dude it sucks to be a white person in South Africa yeah that's a
1: dangerous road to go through to basically justify oppressive actions by the past because there's no like that then you know, twenty years later, when it changes, you're like, "Well, you were assholes to us, and we're gonna be even bigger assholes to you." And, yeah, like it's just gonna end in fucking genocide at some point.
0: I really hope not.
1: <laughs> I don't think it will. I think that I, I think that there's not that many people really involved in these movements. Just like, the people who are, are loud and obnoxious. And there's a lot of people who kind of pass through them because they make sense at a certain level. You're like, oh, I'm not racist. I think racism's bad. I'll join your movement. And just to kind of not fall for it. Because they always present stuff that makes sense on the surface. And the deeper you go into it, you're like, oh, like, you're actually really teaching a racist ideology. This yeah. is. I have to treat people differently based upon you know what race they are. What is yeah? That? I wish
0: we could just be hyper individualists, you know. Um, so what do you think about uh, So <laughs> uh, I sent you the note that uh. So we had thank you again, Roger, for joining our show. Roger was on our last episode <clears throat> and talked to us about American. Uh, American Christian Zionism and dude we went all over the place which was a lot of fun because we covered a lot of ground uh, but Roger sent us a little thing because like I was talking about uh, Native Americans and I was talking about uh, like the Spaniards coming over and like basically great pillaging murdering through uh, South America and he has a different perspective and it's I'm going to have an interesting way. I'm going to have an interesting time talking to him because in his perspective, the Spaniards were actually saving the, he was, they were over here rescuing us. Don't you know? (laughs) And, and, uh, and with St. Mary and they were saving us from our evil ways. And, um, <laughs> Did he read that? Did he read what he wants yeah, to talk about? Yeah.
1: I'm, not, <laughs> like, I'm not super in depth at yeah. that time period, so I'm, I'm sure there's probably a little bit of truth in it. You know. My, I think that we like over romanticized natives, and they were just like living in peace and harmony with nature and doing everything correct. And then white right man came, you know, it's obviously not that simple. It's not that simple that white people came over and just decimated people. So like different groups of people acted differently. Like, um, like from my understanding, like the French when they settled in Quebec. They kind of gelled a lot with the natives that they hung up with. And they had it this really, like going from France to Quebec, like that's quite a jump in like level of winter you have to deal with.
0: Dude, honestly, those are the only ones that actually kind of gelled and meld. Uh, I've done actually a lot of research into this. I'm okay. pretty well fucking, I'm, pre- I'm pretty well researched into this. And actually, the only, well, I've done a little bit of college, but. The majority of the college that I did was actually on Native American studies, which I'm sure is going to slightly skew towards the uh, – what's his name? Uh, I, I actually love this guy, Howard Zinn. And I've read Howard Zinn's book. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be the more leftist, the more the peaceful Indian type of kind of thing. But it's true that, like, they had wars – And they killed each other. They had genocides. They raped each other. They ate each other. There was definitely cannibalism. There was all kinds of crazy bullshit. But really what it comes down to is, was this their land or not? You know what I mean? And it's like, was this their homes or not? Did you come here and make agreements with them or not? And did you turn your back on them and then rape, pillage, murder, take this and steal from them? And then when you couldn't, when you took this land and then you told them they could live here, did you kidnap their kids and put them in educational camps and make them speak English or you would kill them or beat them or rape them? And then, like, especially in Canada. Canada got real ugly, dude. Like, did you hear recently about all those little baby skeletons that were found outside of one of those, uh, one of these... No. No. So the biggest school in Canada where basically what they would do, okay, they would go to these reservations and the white English assholes would go and take all of their kids from them. They stole all of their kids and would put them in these boarding schools because they wanted them to learn English and wanted them to act like a white person. They didn't want them to have any of their cultural heritage, and they didn't want them to speak any of their cultural languages. And they didn't want them to have any of that baggage. So they were trying to turn them into white people. okay? And they just like, I, I don't, they infrareded the ground. I don't know what they did. They, Anyways, they, they fucking found goo gobs. Hundreds of baby skeletons. Baby, like, up to like 12-year-olds. Like, of just dead kids all over the grounds so like when the kids didn't listen what did they do to them? beat them to death I don't know
1: <laughs> okay so what I'm thinking of that though is how much that relates to like, like a cultural revolution that happened in China what might be happening here where like schools come and take over and take kids away from their parents try to discount yeah. them from their culture like, I feel like this is just a common pattern that happens. And you're like, well, we can take over these people. And the best way to do that is just basically separate the young.
0: Well, what are they going to do to all the... Like, Did you, you heard... Oh, I don't know if you heard this or not. I'll try to find that video, too. There was a guy that was like a PBS executive saying what needs to be done to uh, MAGA kids, to, like, uh, Trump supporters... Kids, They said, no, we absolutely need to take their kids away from them. We need to send them to re-education camps. You're like, wait, wait, what? What? They're like, yeah. I was like, holy fucking shit. He's just saying it.
1: Yeah, and I I think a lot of stuff is really done with good intensity, even though it ends up being horrible. At at least at least a lot of the people who implement this, because like the, some, some people involved are obvious psychopaths, but these things become mass movements and they require a lot of people to partake in them. And I think it goes back to your point about just being a hyper-individualist, because I think that as long as we fall sway to like these belief systems and you're just like, well, I just want to be a cog in the system... Well, the most sociopathic person is in control of that the most. They might not be completely controlling that system, but they have the greatest degree of influence. That's just the way it works. And it just repeats itself over and over and over again. And yeah, it probably happened to the native. It happened to, you know, the Chinese. It happened, like, whenever,
0: you know... Well. Yes, and you're right, and it's happening now, and it will happen again. I guess where my issue was where he's like, no, it was a good thing, uh, (laughs) because, you know what I'm saying? He was like, he was celebrating it. The Spanish conquistadors were here to save us. I was like, uh... anyways, I'm not saying that I'm so ideological that I'm not willing to have that conversation. Like, I'm happy to have Roger on, and I'll let him state his case. Uh, I will say that I'm gonna brush up on some of my textbooks, and I'm gonna <laughs> gonna know what the fuck I'm talking about, so I don't sound like a complete moron when I'm talking to him. Uh, but I, let's just say I might have um, I might be playing a little devil's advocate again. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of things I wish I pushed back on a little bit more, looking back on it, just because like there's something where I'm like you just need to make a better case, and I don't know whether he has receipts or not, so like, I can't. Say that he doesn't, but there's
0: a couple of things where I'm like, I don't know about that. So it's um, but yeah, I like, get like different perspectives and whatnot. I you know I like Roger, nice guy. Uh, he okay maybe we I don't know if we should put this on the podcast or not. But like there was a couple times where he was starting to go slightly into like I'm anti-Zionist, but I don't hate Jewish people. He started just drifted into a little anti-Semitism little bits here and there and I was like "All right, so I'm gonna have to push back on that slightly I was like okay let's play a little devil's advocate here (laughs) you know what I mean
1: yeah 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 and I definitely don't want to go into that territory and that's
0: no well I mean and I don't think Roger does too I think dude he's he's never been on a podcast before he's you know he said himself that he's not like the best uh speaker like like you or i are you know but you know what i'm saying like i i'm not i'm not trying to demonize roger in any way but just uh i think that he needed us to push back on just when it comes to uh when you're just grouping any group together and saying uh they're responsible for x you're like okay it's a few individuals that happen to be part of this group So let's get more, uh, that's where the nuance, where I'm a nuance guy. Let's talk about like, were there some Jews that were doing this? Yes. Okay. Obviously it was not all Jews that were doing this. Let's talk about that specific group. What makes them special? Why are they doing this? You know, and that's the more interesting conversation to me anyways, right? Like who were those people that were doing that? Why were they doing that? How did they do that? You know, how were they able to convince the British government to do this? You know, and that's fascinating. And I don't want to broad brush paint every single person into that, you know?
1: Yeah, and the thing with history, too, is it is so nuanced and just, like, you only get to get little fragments of it. Like, things that happen now, like, we're fighting over and arguing about, like, you know, was January 6th a riot, an insurrection, a peaceful protest? And how are you gonna go back like a hundred years and have a clear picture of what's going on?
0: Well, like, dude, you're not there. even allowed to. You're not even allowed to question things that are happening now. So we can talk about like we can talk about COVID, and like six months ago, you weren't allowed to talk about did this come out of a lab, or did this come from like you can't even talk about that. So like you can't even explore like the details. You can't even look for evidence in these certain directions because if you said that like. I don't know, a few months ago, you would have gotten kicked off the internet, right? So it's like everything is so bizarre now. Like, the truth has never been harder to ascertain. And it's like, you can't, it's like trying to nail a fucking uh, an easy, uh, an over-easy egg to the wall, right? It's like, it's weird.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, well, that's why we need freedom of speech because Like, something that would have got you deplatformed, fired, whatever, three months ago, now it's not a big deal. It's like, well, do you get your job back? Do you get your platform back? Do you get compensation? No. No.
0: Are you going to get an apology, even? Are you going to say, like, oh, maybe you're right about that? Nope. Yeah,
1: so... My battery's kind of dying down. Um, (laughs) Okay. So, this is a good episode. Um... I got some friends
0: who are going to Parkfest Fest and they want to do like
1: an interview. I don't know whether
0: they want to do it there or afterwards. Cool, man. Yeah. I reached out to. Uh, I told you about that. I reached out to Anthony Samaroff.
1: Yeah, he's, that's
0: awesome, dude. I love Anthony Samaroff. That's really cool. He's agreed to jump to join us in July. Um, I also reached out to Blooded the Brave. I want to do a little interview with them. Like their music is so interesting. I kind of want to know their ideology. I want to know where they're coming from. So, uh, I they have agreed to come and do an interview with us too. And uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah we should talk to your friends too if they want to. Yeah,
1: um, I listened to. Um, were you there for the Samurai talk at um, Swatch Fest?
0: You say Samurai?
1: Uh, the Anthony Samurai. I guess. No, I wasn't. Oh, he's, he, he just uploaded it to the Scottish Libertarian podcast. So, Wait, are, was Anthony Samaroff at Squatch Fest?
0: Yeah. I didn't even know that. Oh, you didn't <laughs> know that? That's hilarious. No, man, I didn't even know that. That's fucking awesome. Oh,
1: take out his podcast. Yeah, like Miguel is interviewing him. <laughs>
0: That's cool as shit, man. I, I'll <laughs> I'm talking to him on Twitter right now. I gotta go text him back. I'll tell him I was there. I didn't even know you were there. That's cool as shit. That's funny.
1: Yeah, I don't know what day it was. I, it it all kind of blurs together, man. Like I couldn't tell you like when things happened.
0: Well, dude, it's just random. Like I was, anyways, on Twitter. We are just had an exchange. And then I just DM'd him and I was like, man, I'm a big fan. I'd love to have you on my podcast. And he was like, sure, in July. So, no, I had no idea that he was there. That's cool. Cool. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: All right, synchronicities, close the man.
0: Yeah, synchronicities, brother. <laughs> That's synchronicities.
1: funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. All right, man. Uh, you want the closing word? Yeah, man. Just put people to work when you hang out with them. Give people yep. stuff to do. Yeah, be productive. I think that like that's where I got from the entry off was just like his podcast was all about just you know be useful. and I think that there's something very profound about that.
0: Hell yeah! Well, so. yeah, man. Blessings and uh and uh let's do it, dude. All, all right, right, man. <laughs> Later.
1: Take care. Man.